Micah chapter 5, verses 2 to 5. But you, Bethlehem, Epaphra, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from of old, from ancient times. Therefore, Israel will be abandoned until the time when she who is in labor bears a son and the rest of his brothers return to join the Israelites. He will stand and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God, and they will live securely, for then his greatness will reach to the ends of the earth, and he will be our peace. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favour rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, They spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen which were just as they had been told. On the eighth day, when it was time to circumcise the child, he was named Jesus, 
the name the angel had given him before he was conceived. Well, it's good to be together and it's good for us to have those readings, for us to hear more about the Christmas story. We're going to focus for just a few moments on that last reading that Keith just read for us from Luke chapter 2. But first, let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, just as you explained to the shepherds the meaning of the birth of Jesus, please would you do that for us now. Please would you help us to understand what it's about and would you give us great joy in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, if I could work my will, every idiot who goes about with a Merry Christmas on his lips should be boiled with his own pudding and buried with a stake of holly through his heart. Not my personal opinions. As you'll probably know, it's obviously Ebenezer Scrooge. The famous words of him from Christmas Carol. Famously not a big fan of Christmas or of happiness in general. All these people going around smiling and singing. Ridiculous. Is Scrooge right? We were watching The Grinch yesterday. Is The Grinch right? Is this stupid thing to do? To be joyful? There are some people who would say yes. There's just so much bad in the world. There is plenty to be miserable about if you think about it. Anything other than sadness is just kidding yourself. Merry Christmas. Bah! Humbug. In response to that, I hope that there would be some people saying, no, it's amazing. Perhaps we'd be more like him or like Scrooge's nephew, Fred. We'd say, Christmas, a humbug, Uncle? You don't mean that, I'm sure. Life is great. And even if it's not great, we can pretend it's great at Christmas, can't we? We can forget all our troubles, pass the mulled wine, and give ourselves over to fun and jolliness and festivity and extravagant displays of sparkliness. But are those people right? Or are they just kidding themselves? Well, the Bible says that Christmas is a time for joy. That there are reasons to be cheerful, reasons to have joy that really lasts. That isn't superficial, that isn't as fragile as one of those paper crowns. Joy you can't buy at the shops or envy on Instagram. Christmas gives Christians serious reasons for serious joy. Let me just read again what the angels said to the shepherds in Luke chapter 2. They said, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. Did you hear that? That good news? Good news that's going to bring great joy for everybody, for all sorts of people. Good news that can bring great joy to you. To me, if you don't think that Christmas and Christianity is the best news you've ever heard, then can I say you haven't understood it? If you don't think Christmas and Christianity is the best news you've ever heard, you can't possibly have understood it. So we're going to spend a couple of minutes looking at that news and why it's so good and why it's so joy-giving. There has been a lot of news this year, hasn't there? The war in Ukraine, 
cost of living crisis, the revolving door at number 10 Downing Street. News is when we're told, isn't it? We're told what is happening or what has happened. And it's different from advice. Advice would be telling you what you need to do. Whereas news is telling us what has been done. Now many people mistake Christianity, mistake Christmas and think it is actually about good advice. It's a list of things you need to do. Perhaps like God's Christmas list of stuff that he would like from you. And maybe if you do those things and tick the things off the list, maybe he'll be pleased with you. Maybe you'll be okay. Well, that is completely wrong. Christianity is not good advice. It is good news. It is news of what God has done for us to sort things out. The angels didn't bring good tips, good rules, good ideas, good advice. Listen to what they brought. They said, I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Well, what is it? What could it possibly be? Today, in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. It's good news about a saviour, about a rescuer, about somebody come to sort everything out. It's good news that the saviour has come. This world is in a mess. You can't deny that. Sometimes it's enough to make Scrooge look a bit too optimistic. And not just in 2022, much longer than that. And not just for the world in general, we mean for us. Each one of us is in a terrible mess. We might try and dress up our lives for our Christmas letters or the photos we share. But we have lived in God's world and pushed him out of the photo. Pushed him out of the way, to the sidelines. Ignored what he says, ignored what he wants, rejected him and put ourselves in charge as if we could run the world better than him. But then we see where that gets us. We can't rule ourselves. We can't get on with each other. And we're on a collision course with God. The Bible says that one day we'll have to face the consequences for that sort of selfishness. As God eventually deals with everything that is wrong, including me, including you. We're desperate, aren't we? We watch the news and we cry out for justice. But if we were given justice, we would be in so much trouble. And it's into that mess, into that tangle of sin and disappointment and judgment and fear that the good news comes in, shining out that today in the town of David, a saviour has been born. That's what we need, isn't it? We need someone to rescue us. And that's what we ought to think when we think of Christmas. We ought to think, amazing, exactly what I need has come to me, a saviour. When we first hear Michael Bublé or Mariah Carey, when the trees start to go up, when the lights start to come on, when the smell of gingerbread starts to waft through the air, we ought to be going, rescue. That's what all that is about. Not just nostalgia or stockings or kids with tea towels on their heads. But salvation, we're free. It's safe to celebrate with all that nice stuff because we've been saved. Picture yourselves in a war zone. For many, sadly, this year, that hasn't been something they've needed to imagine. The enemy are on their way. Good advice would be, 
arm yourselves, get organized, find a safe place to hide. Good news would be, we've won. The battle's already been fought, it's done. There's nothing left for us to fear, nothing left for us to do. We don't need to hide anymore. Merry Christmas, war is over. We've been saved. And that is what Christmas is about. It's telling us that a saviour has come. The Lord Jesus, the one who is the Messiah, that is God's promised king, the Lord, God himself as ruler over all. The saviour has been born to you, the Messiah, the Lord. Christmas was just the beginning. It was the arrival of the troops, if you like, who would go on to win the war. But it was such a decisive beginning. Being born at Christmas, their saviour comes entering the battle creator making himself small enough to get into the story to start the journey of rescuing us eventually he would grow up and give his life for us dying to take that justice for us so that we can be forgiven there on the cross Jesus was being our savior and so when we see him there in the manger we ought not to go oh isn't that cute We ought to say, here's the saviour, boots on the ground, ready, coming to set us free. The story's just started as he comes down, ready, in that wriggling baby. The sad story starts to turn towards a happy ending. And so Christmas is a time for joy. Bless you. Christmas is a time for joy. Because the rescuer has come. It's a time for turning away from all of that turning away. No more rejecting God, saying, no, I want to embrace him in faith. He's come to me as a saviour. I want that. I need that. Like we've just been singing a few minutes ago, joy to the world. The Lord has come. The saviour reigns. Isn't that good news? Shouldn't that bring us great joy in a world that's just so sad? The only way that you can understand what Christmas is about is if you think this is the best thing you've ever heard, the best news you've ever heard, better than Santa, better than cosy fireplaces and family get-togethers, better even than candles and carols and things like that. The Saviour has come. Now, perhaps you're not convinced. Well, I wonder if the shepherds might have been a little bit sceptical to start with. But let's read what they did when they first heard it. Verse 15 says this, when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They went to check it out. They went to go and see for themselves. They went to look into it. Is this really true? Has this really happened? I was told to expect that. Well, what do you know? That's just what happened. And so they hurried off and made sure it was just as they'd been told. Have you done that? Have you come and found out for yourself? Obviously, we can't shuffle off down to Bethlehem and look at a baby physically there in a food trough. You could have done, but unfortunately, we're about 2,000 years too late for that. But we can still be sure. Now, Luke, who wrote this book, tells us at the start of his book why he wrote it. He says he gathered all the eyewitness testimony together, compiled it in the book we call Luke, 
And he says he did that so that you may know the certainty of the things you've been taught. We can be certain about these things. Please would you uh, pick up one of these on your way out. It's a copy of Luke's Gospel. I only saw this today that it actually says on the front, see for yourself. It's almost like it was planned. It wasn't planned. Uh, not by me anyway. But we've got this great news to share. Pick up one of these books. It is a copy of Luke's Gospel and read it for yourself. Because as we do that, we can see what Jesus is like, what he came to do. It'd be good to talk to somebody as well. Maybe somebody who already gets it. Perhaps you're sitting with someone who brought you or there's a Christian near you and you think, I just don't get this. Why do you think this is so good? And they'd love to tell you about it, I'm sure. You could come back to church another time. There's loads of different ways we can explore this. But joy really is more than just wishful thinking. You can see for yourself. And then let's look at what else the shepherds did. They spread the word. Verse 17 and 18. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. It was such good news, they couldn't keep it to themselves. That's what you do with good news, isn't it? You share it. And this is an encouragement for those of us here who already think this is great. Spread the news. One of my favorite quotes from A Christmas Carol says this, while there is infection in disease and sorrow, there is nothing in the world so irresistibly contagious as laughter and good humor. Now, the last few years have given us plenty to talk about when it comes to infectious things. Here is something worth spreading. Joy. Joy. Not just through all the good things we enjoy at Christmas, but by pondering on and thinking about and singing about and talking about Jesus our Saviour. Let's say something to someone about the Saviour as we want to spread this great news of joy. By the end of A Christmas Carol, Scrooge has famously changed his tune. He used to wish death on anybody who said Merry Christmas. But by the end it says this, three or four good-humoured fellows said, good morning, sir, and Merry Christmas to you. And Scrooge said often afterwards that of all the blithe sounds he had ever heard, those were the blithest in his ears. Those were the most sweet and beautiful things he'd ever heard. Well, perhaps talking about Jesus is not something you've previously particularly been that keen on. Perhaps it's got you riled up, you're ready to boil us with our own pudding. But when you've understood it, just why we need it, just what good news Jesus is, well, then you will think this is the best thing you've ever heard. Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord.